This episode of Hundy Camp Down Under is brought to you by Ridgeline. Ridgeline have just released their new performance range, featuring brand new styles and high performance fabrics for winter 2020. One of the highlights is the new Ascent Jacket for men and women. The new Ascent Soft Shell Jacket is designed for use as a performance layering piece and has been rigorously tested in the South Island of New Zealand. The new Ridgeline performance range features a new Realtree Escape camouflage print. It fits into the environment you hunt in and the colours appear to adapt to the terrain. All the new gear is available in Australia and New Zealand and for your local stockist, check out the website www.ridgelineclothing.com.au This episode is proudly brought to you by Zeiss Optics. The legendary Zeiss binoculars are founded on exceptional optical performance, outstanding ergonomics and robust construction. Zeiss innovations have constantly expanded the limits of what's technically possible. Generations of hunters and shooters swear by their Zeiss binoculars, being heirloom quality products that are passed down from generation to generation, together with the stories that came with them. Experience the Zeiss Victory SF, the most versatile premium binoculars in the company's 165-year history. Find your local stockist at www.osaustralia.com.au. With the crazy world we live in today, many of us seek the adventure of the unknown. Join us everyday Aussies from all walks of life share stories from men and women of all hunting camps. From tips and techniques to the emotional rollercoaster ride of fulfilling a lifelong dream, there is a story to be told by all. Welcome to Hunting Camp Down Under. Don't even have the voice for radio either. <laughs> You'll be right. I haven't got any... Are we recording? We're recording. Yeah, beautiful. We don't right. edit it either. Oh. I'm talking about the face for radio. I have to sit here and look at it too, so I won't get distracted. That's right. You're a bit of an animal. Yeah. Well, today we have um, James Doomstus. <laughs> I often struggle with different... This is going to be a problem. Get out, dog. Get out. Life story of recording in the shed. Yeah, how you going, James? Yeah, good. Good. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with me for the last day or so. Oh, yeah, no. Sorting out my car. We've all got our issues to deal with. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Public service. So you've come down. You were fortunate enough to take ownership of my previous vehicle, and anyone that knows me is probably cringing as they hear that, thinking mm. the poor bastard. No, it's a sweet car. I really appreciate it. So. Thanks for setting it all up for me. No, that's all right. I set, <laughs> set it up for me and then I, I'm getting rid of it and we'll upgrade, but um, should suit your hunting needs. Yeah, definitely. Put a few lights on last night to turn it into a, even more of a Christmas tree. Mm. But um, for anyone that doesn't know you, which is probably nobody, everyone knows you. No, I wouldn't say that. You're you're half of a duo yeah. as such. Um. Why don't you tell the listeners who's James? Yeah, right. Um, oh, yeah, so my name's James James, as Toby's, Toby's said. Um, I grew up in Melbourne for the first part of my life and um, now sort of travel around a fair bit hunting um, and also with veterinary work. But, um, yeah, I'm currently based out of Townsville and will be um, for the next foreseeable future. Pull it away, yeah. There we go, okay, sorted. Um, 
yeah, so I started hunting when I was about four years old with dad, Nick Doomsters. Um, and yeah, we've just been hunting with the bow all our lives and was pretty lucky that dad put the time into me and Aiden when we were younger. Um, and yeah, it's just turned into a bit of an addiction. And now we, um, yeah, me and Aiden, or Aiden and I, I should say, um, are just trying to get a bit of a media and hunting or platform, I guess, off the ground in the form of Twin Elements. Um, and obviously have our own Instagram accounts, but yeah, just trying to, um, I guess, yeah, get a bit more media and content out there and make more films and whatnot. So that's that's what we're doing at the moment. So you, so starting out, your dad, I've met Nick and gone for a hunt with Nick. He's a pretty cool dude. Like yeah. the stories goes, it'd be a pretty cool upbringing. So how did he start out? He was a bow hunter before you guys were born. Has he always yeah, been yeah. a bow hunter? And then yeah. So dad. Um, well, I guess it started with our grandfather was pretty big into sort of fishing and like quail hunting and that type of stuff. And then um, dad from about 18 years old sort of started getting into the hunting scene. Um, and he first started out with rifles and then actually went to pig dogs. And then, um, yeah, I, I don't know the full story, but yeah, got into, into bow hunting and, and started doing that and then just fell in love with that and hasn't really looked back. Um and yeah, so we've only really known dad as sort of a bow hunter, like every so often he'll pick up the rifle for, you know, one hunt. But yeah, we classify, like dad's very much just a bow hunter. Um, and yeah, so that's all we, like Aiden and I have never had a gun license or anything like, anything like that. Like we've always just known the bow and sort of the, the frustration of that, I guess. Um, and so everything sort of comes, everything's pretty hard. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we started off with you, you haven't known anything easier if you didn't really well, do yeah, rifle hunting. So. That's right, yeah. So like you sort of, um, yeah, you've got to put in the work and and have a lot of patience and and you know you'll get the rewards at the end of it. But um, we yeah we started hunting with the bow when we were oh, ten or eleven or so when Dad got us our first bows and then just progressed from there. Aiden sort of jumped on the camera. Um, and did a lot more filming and whatnot earlier than me. Like it didn't really spark my interest. Like I was sort of more enjoying just getting out there and whatnot. Um, and then when I was at uni, Aiden was just mad for the hunting and had a lot more time than me. Um, and so he sort of went forward with that and also the media. And then when, once I finished my degree, Aiden actually went into, into veterinary as well. So he's now at university doing that. And, um, yeah, I've sort of had a bit more time now, so I've, spending a lot more time behind the camera and trying to get a lot better than that and hopefully um yeah like i said we can sort of increase and grow in that that area that field um and just film a lot more hunts for ourselves and obviously other people and whatnot um like we were going to do that hunt in new zealand this year but obviously covid's sort of stuffed yeah, that up and sucked. we were going to try and film all of that and put some, some you got content. a bit of redemption with the new zealand after the same with me where it destroyed your gear yeah we we're just talking about trekking poles and stuff i was like oh the last pair i had i broke both of them in new zealand and but yeah um aiden nick and i had a pretty bad trip last time december last year or 2019 where we, we ended up breaking two tents two cameras a drone and an iphone and just got completely washed out like didn't hunt i think we hunted like a day and two afternoon hunts or something in 10 days so it was pretty bad but yeah, it's great. That'll trip. make you appreciate everything from now on. Oh well, I went back there for two months working, and it was just like perfect weather the whole time. Like I got washed out one day um, when I went looking or chasing red deer, and um, like the reds getting out of velvet, and they um, it was one wasn't meant to rain. I ended up getting like thirty five mil, and all I had was like a lightweight bivy bag, and <laughs> just got completely drowned. But 
So, so did, you, did your dad ever start you out? So you used to go, you did a little bit of around home and you had some blocks yeah. he used to take you out west? Yeah, so we even still have access to those blocks now. But um, yeah, I guess we started off mainly um, just hunting rabbits and foxes. Like that's, you know, the foundation. And then we sort of, as we got older, maybe um, 14, 15, started going into yeah those like blocks out west and pigs and goats and stuff like we did hunt um samber a little bit like just stalking him and stuff like that and yep. more like looking for sign um with dad um and when we were growing up dad did have um access to sunday island um yep. and so we used to go there and yeah i don't like we sort of once we got bows we sort of lost like dad sold his shares or however it works on there and um so dad has been on there for you know 15 years now but um, yeah, it was mainly just Samba around home, sort of Melbourne, um, just on small blocks. And then, um, we even started going up into like around Charters Towers where we are now chasing chittle and stuff, um, and did a few hunts around there. But a lot of it until we were sort of, I guess, 17, 18 was just around home for the Samba. And then if we, we ever went up to New South Wales for pigs and goats. Um, so yeah, we could sort of cut our teeth on those. I don't want to say easier species, but I guess you get faster rewards um, with those. And they're great, you know, practicing stalking, reading animal sign, um, just trying to intercept them when they're feeding, like knowing animal habits and all that type of stuff um, with a little bit faster reward, um, which is always, you know, fantastic and exciting, getting the result at the end of the day, um, whether it's for trophy or meat. Like, Yep. And you're uh, pretty oriented, like you've been brought up, like your dad with consumption of mm. everything you kill. It's, oh, it's for sure, yeah. Like it's, I think I've personally probably taken it a bit further now um, in terms of like I leave nothing out there. Like my favourite cuts are like the heart, the tongue and the, the ribs. The it's tongue. Like, oh, man, I love it. It's <laughs> like, but like... You'll have to cook some for me to convert me because... Oh, it's like, honestly, it's so good and it's so easy. Like I love them because like, you know, the heart's the first thing I cook after I shoot something. Yeah, well, I can, I can do the it's, heart. It's can't just, do liver though. See, I don't mind liver and I hate kidney because I think it just tastes like piss, personally, <laughs> <laughs> which makes sense. Um, but yeah, like I, you know, like I love the offal, I love the off cuts that people don't like for slow cooking and, you know, like I make sausages and salami and, you know, all that type of stuff. So I can really sort of get in there and appreciate every little tiny section of the animal. So like I generally carry the whole thing out and like I've got people that want skins and stuff. So if I'm shooting fallow or chittle and all the rest of it, like I've always got somewhere to give the skin, even if I don't want it. So you're just trying to use, like if I'm going to kill something in the, the day, whether it be for trophy, like I'm still taking the whole animal out so I can eat all of it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like dad got us definitely into it with, um, you know, but generally we'd be taking just sort of the front legs and the back straps and the back legs um, and using it a lot more for just like, you know, like we'd, you have to sort of have the setup if you want to do the, the mincing and the, the like each, each and sort the of small goods. Yeah. Each yeah. sort of that small goods stuff is like another, it's, I guess it's like, like, you know, seeing your car up, like it's each just another step and another thing yeah. that you need. But I don't know, like I'd say to most people, like do your research or, or reach out and talk to someone that's got the setup. Um, because you see a lot of people set up with like hand mincers and all that type of stuff and they're trying to save a buck initially. But you know, like I look at everything at like an hourly rate and if it's going to take you four hours with a hand mincer, it's going to take me half an yeah. hour. Like, yep. you know, for how many deer you're going to be processing through it and whatnot. It's the same with like people try and buy really shitty, um, yeah, like sausage makers and whatnot. And you just spend so much time making sausages and you, you end up just hating, like you want the result, but you hate the process because it's so fiddly and bloody takes so long. Whereas you just get good stuff straight away. 
um, it just it's just so much easier. And like it, it like I, I don't do it often. Like I'll probably do snags like th- probably three times a year. But each time I do it, I make like twenty plus kilos. Like I'll do a whole yeah, yeah. I'll do a whole deer into sausages, you know, because um, it does take you know half a day sort of thing. Like from Get, like having a deer that's been hanging to butchering it. To you got to like triple handle the, the meat well, that's right. so yeah. to make sausages and stuff. Yeah. So it's a big investment. You don't want to do it just to make two, two kilos. kilos. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because the, the process of it's sort of exponentially easier, you know, like the yeah. to, it might take you because with, even with washing and all that stuff, you know, like you set it up on like a big table that I'll like put plastic down on and, you know, you once you've got everything in um, like steak form to mince it, like the mincing and the sausage making part's fairly easy but to make two kilos you know it might take you it's all the two same hours. it's still yeah. all the same equipment oh that's right yeah. to make yeah. two kilos is probably two hours or probably an, an hour and a half but to make 20 kilos might only take you four hours yeah like it's just so yeah um, and especially like I normally just get people um, to give me a hand and normally I just say whatever like I'll bring all the meat and all the pork fat and everything like that and all the ingredients I'm like if you give me a hand you can take half of whatever we make because like it's just like other people like you teach other people how to do it and then they go and get the the stuff and they also like generally I've got mates that are just starting to hunting and stuff and it makes them sort of straight away from the start you know they're not looking to shoot that massive red deer or that salmon deer or whatever like you know they they're looking at the animal as you know like oh every, it's more every than part just, of it's a value yeah that's right yeah. you know like and it just I don't know like a lot of people just want the big antlers which you know I'm not going to deny like I love shooting big reds and jittle and all the rest of it, like big tusky boars, like that's great. Um, but like I said before, like everything I shoot, like even pigs and stuff, like I don't eat off off pigs just for the health concern, but like I take them and roast them and eat them and all the stuff. But it's just knowledge is power. Like that's yeah, like yeah. you got to know the safety behind it if you're going to do that stuff. Like if I if you shoot a pig that's in really poor condition, like I'm not going to eat it because like it's probably been eating carrying and stuff like that. But it's all yeah, just it's all just risk management. Like a big cropping boar, it's been yeah. Oh, that's up right. Well, that's what, that's what we were grain. talking about earlier. Yeah. Like the pigs, like a lot of the pigs that I shoot are actually were from um, like that southwest New South Wales, and it was when they were in really bad drought from like 2017 to 2019, and they were just every day hitting the feedlot to go where the weaners were eating, you know. And so they were eating like soybean, peas, like corn and 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 hay, and then all the dead lambs. Right. Yeah, and you'd shoot getting these, a balanced diet. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and you'd shoot these boars that were like you know eighty kilos, and they would have like an inch of fat on their back, and they'd have like milk teeth still. You know, like yeah. they were a year old, like They're perfect prime. Eating. Oh, prime! And you turn them into sausages, like fennel and chili and all that stuff, and they were just unreal. Like, or you take them home and like roast them, and, and it was just yeah, beautiful. So yeah, that's. That was good. That was a good time. I lost access to that. <laughs> I miss. I don't. I don't do the work. I probably should. Like it's always a dream to have the shed, and I suppose it'll be the same with you when you mm. and you buy a property and and build a shed. I do have the space. So I just fill it up with other stuff. Yeah. Oh, but to make a, a stainless bench set up with a yeah. bandsaw and a mincer and a bit of a little cool room and everything, so you can't you can utilize everything and then. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's it. it like I don't, I've never done any of the. Um, because I, like I always say to people, like I still live like a uni student in terms of like all the bulk cooking and stuff. So like I don't eat that much steak, whereas like mince is more valuable to me because I love making like, you know, sausage roll, like sausage rolls and lasagnas and bolognese and, you know, all those fun things that you can do with mince. Um, whereas a lot of people love, you know, staking the whole back leg of, you know, a spike that they shoot or whatnot. Whereas for me, I just get over steak yeah. too quick. So... 
Yeah, I, we were talking about that. I, was, I said that to Craig, actually, on the podcast. There was people, and then I was talking about it with you, there's people like, oh, I love eating deer meat, but then they mince the entire animal. Mm. And it's like, do you really love it if you're <laughs> mincing the whole thing? Like, you mince cuts. Yeah. You mince all the nasty. Like, yeah. there's no waste. Yeah. And I'm like, if you're mincing backstraps, you don't love eating it. Well, that's the thing. Like, I actually normally give, those are the parts that you I give to, other people. give to other people to expose them. Because you know to, it's the best bit. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. and I know they'll appreciate it more than me. Like, so when I clean it, I'll cut it into like six inch lengths. Yeah. And have it perfectly clean in like the most beautifully presentable way that I can. So then, Which you know. Which will soon be cryovacking. Yeah, which after seeing to- Tobias um, <laughs> today, I will um, I'll be cryovacking for sure because it just looks so much better. But um, yeah, you know, like you give it to someone and they take it out of the bag, and like I get people messaging me all the time. They're like, "Oh, it looks it looks unreal," you know. Yeah. Like, and it's just, I guess, the more that we can educate non-hunters about what we do, because there's so much bad. Or like Every, meat. there's so much emphasis on the kill. Not oh, for on sure, all the other stuff. for yeah. sure. And there's definitely a shift, but there's so much. Um, negative public or you know perception about hunting and how we and like our way of life and what we do yeah like every single you know if it costs me the back straps to get you know another one on your team one person on my team well for me that's like and because the thing is like it's just a a shift like in people's perception of hunting like you get one person but then they talk to three people you know and then they're interested and then they you know, they're it's the power of the positivity so for sure negativity spreads way quicker than positivity but we, so you got to work, you you have to work, I don't know what the the ratio is, but it'd be proven that negativity spreads like wildfire. Oh, that's and like, And so if we can, the more positivity you pump out there with that kind of stuff, yeah. you get to well, they, fight it. I love, like, I think they started, they in like Australia's history, we've had like 14 newspapers where they've tried to start like good news newspapers. And it's and, failed. And they've all failed. Like none yeah. of them ever taken off. But yeah. all, like how many Herald Suns and all the rest of it is there? Like, you know, and that's all just, like they always have positive stories scattered, but those ones are dedicated to just positive news. Yeah, so no in, one cares. It's in human nature for the negativity. We love the gossip. We <laughs> like to take other people down and, and looking at other people mm. uh, being lower, it's the people think it raises themselves oh that's right by yeah. looking at other people in a like a lower level so it's yeah. um they'll naturally do that try and diminish whatever regardless except hunting's easy target so yeah if we can just say oh well what about this and yeah like, yeah that's oh, good that's stuff it. i was just talking to craig in the which will probably be the podcast before this one um we're talking about the corrupting other people's kids that's what we got that's 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 the, how we got to do it no brainwash point, yeah no point in trying to hit the the older generation we need to that's take how, our kids and the sounds, next generation. Sounds a bit weird. Yeah, get the next, get our kids to uh, normalize it with the other children. Yeah, like not no, it just becomes normal. Well, so they grow yeah. up exposed to it through talk and hmm. social media and everything. It becomes normal with them, and then they grow up because at the moment they've got a gap where it wasn't normal growing up with it for say the millennials, which might be the thing. It wasn't, and that's when the disconnect happened. Yeah. So my generation was it wasn't. What's the thing? Like I've no, I, I've like I'm 25. Um, I know a lot of people. You're a millennial. Am I? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I know a lot of people. Like a lot of people my age, in Melbourne and stuff, are coming like coming back to wanting to know where your food comes from. Yeah. You know, I get people asking me all the time for venison and pig and goat and yeah. all that type of stuff. Like every like a lot more people we, are wanting to have that connection between. Like there's still a lot that are just ignorant as all that. Yeah. But. I'm finding more and more in that age group. I don't know if it's just like the trendy. That's what I was going to say. Is it the swing to the, uh, that even that's the only, that might be the way to hit the, um, 
the, that left side is yeah. to say it's a alternate against the grain and they yeah. love that kind of thing. Well, so that's, and that's and that's what I don't know. But like it doesn't really bother me. Like as long as you know, like if if people want to know and have that like connection to Bromwich get them via their stomachs. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, yeah, if people want to know where their food comes from, like all oh, to them. Like I think that's yeah. fantastic. Like whether it's just knowing where your veggies come from or knowing your local oh, beef producer. And if, if you can make it, if it tastes good or you can prepare different meat. Oh. Everyone, everyone's about mouth pleasure now. It's oh, always sure. the, the best taste or the, yeah. the the whatever. It's not just, you just don't eat a basic old whatever just to consume food because no. you're hungry. God, if no. you're going to eat, you've got to eat yeah. so you've that got, it, and that's, and that's it's big, great to eat. And that's the big thing with venison like and why I give backstraps. Like I almost give like a, like I write them a recipe and text it to them all. Like because... A lot of people, because obviously it's so dry, like, and it's got no, yeah, well, yeah, not dry, but it's got zero fat. It is the easiest meat to overcook, I think, other than crocodile. Crocodile yeah. really yeah. got no fat. Like I was you dry swear, it out in a but second. Like, it, you can stuff it up pretty quick. Yeah. Like, and, and that's the thing. Like, I say to people, like, if you want to, if you like your steak overcooked, like, I'm not going to give you venison because you're going to just destroy this meat and you're going to yeah. eat it. And like, you know, it could have been the best cut of venison that I would have ever had, and, and it will be destroyed. Yeah. Like, you know, you may as well just chew on bloody the minute the pink's gone in it it's for sure um and so that's why like you've got to if you if you're going to give someone venison or wild game like you've got to explain how to cook it to them because people get given goat or pork or whatever like that and like you've got to treat it a certain way and treat it with respect like you can't just throw it on the barbie and i stuffed up wild pork that's what put me off is because i've stuffed up a couple yeah and they've been tough as hell yeah but i should have been maybe slow cooking it Mm. and having a nice slow cook recipe a bit of backstrap yeah but, um, so, yeah, you need to, yeah, give them the full, and then people top. who aren't surprised, like, again, I hate referencing, but just, because it was only two days ago that Craig, Craig and I recorded yeah. the other podcast, yeah. but we gave the, the venison to the farm, but I cooked it. Yeah. So I just seared it both sides. Some, it wasn't cut perfect, so somewhere about an inch thick or three quarters of an inch, somewhere about uh, half an inch, so, mm. but I tried to get it so they're good and they loved it. And oh, yeah. two of them have never eaten it before in their lives. And they're like, what do you got on it? And it's just like salt and pepper. That's all I put on the back strap. Se- salt Secret and pepper. seasoning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a natural herb the deer eat. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, but um, no, that's good. That's if you can keep everyone you, you meet. Say if you also, you guys have got um, spotted safaris. Yeah. So up in the north. It's mainly, what's the thing? Because I've been down in Victoria, like that's been all Aiden yeah. at the moment. So I'm like, since now that I'm back in Townsville, like we'll start. You're going to be cooking for him. Yeah, <laughs> we'll start doing that a bit. Well, I'll start doing that a bit more because he could only sort of fit it in between uni and then we were even trying to fit that in between like us going hunting, you know, because yeah. he can only get finite time off. Whereas with the work I'm trying to do, like hopefully I'll be able to get a fair bit of time off and whether I'll be hunting for myself or, you know, like potentially doing a bit of guiding in between. So in so, that, you, 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 you do that guiding and they kill something, you can prepare that and give them the meat oh, and then they'll go home and yeah. chittles a good head start to oh, start with on taste yeah, so then sure. they can give that out when they get home and yeah. teach them. Well, what's like, the thing like it's actually interesting because I asked Aiden about it um, like on that last trip that we just went on and um, I was like oh do most people take the meat and he's like no no one does like Aiden's got polystyrene boxes and stuff ready you know like and, yeah. and we he takes it all um, you know, and we ask people, you know, do you want to take some meat? Where's, and like, where's my polystyrene box? Yeah, you're sorry. on your way down. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry mate. No, you can hunt for yourself. Go get some fallow or <laughs> Not something. Not <chittle. laughs> Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, so that's Aiden like eats, you know, that's not 90% of the meat that he eats yeah. when he's up there, you know, like he eats a bit of fish and, and chicken and all the rest of it. But if it's, it's red. taking their form of you have to be what you hunt. Oh, <laughs> well, if it's, yeah, if it's red meat, like he's eating chittle deer. Um, but yeah, like it's surprising. Like most people 
just don't want it. Whereas like he could freeze it and, you know, yeah. even, even like if they're leaving and stuff, like he's got stuff already in the freezer. Like, you know, he could take yeah, some but, if they yeah, wanted. Give it to them. But people just, yeah, they sort of, they're, like, they're, they're, they're definitely there for the experience. Like, and it's an, it's an incredible hunt. Um, will you, but, look, yeah, will you look to do that? What's that? Would you cook? venison for them when oh when there. the whole most of the time when they're there they're eating the venison eating. from the last yep. trip like we still do like we cook fish and stuff, like you know t-bones and all the rest of it but like they'll eat venison like at least probably one meal or two meals from the four-day hunt or five i yep. can't remember is um i think it's a four-day hunt will be venison from the you know a previous tr- a previous trip yeah which happens a, a lot all yeah. through the that oh for industry, sure like yeah. all through the golf whether industry, it's like spaghetti bolognese or whether it's hamburgers or yeah. you know sausage rolls or something like that like it it will be made from yeah like venison from the previous trip yeah or backstrap or whatever you know like it just depends like where um me and aiden spoke about trying to write like a checklist of what food you can have and then just getting send it to the hunter like you know the week before they come and so they can te- oh, tick yeah, box you, all the food yeah you know um it, may, it makes it good for like for you oh, guys too if you can shoot a deer and a pig up there and then oh, take the fat yeah. from the pig and make all the, the fat sausages yeah. they're probably not that fat up there are they oh the ones we've been shooting at the, well that's when we had um had him kimmy and nick up last week or whatever it was they um yeah there was some fat pigs and even or well, like the two that i shot the place had never had pigs before and we've seen shit loads. Like I, I said to Aiden and that, like I saw more pigs, um, in that, in the like seven days that I was there than I have in the total eight years combined that we'd hunted it. Holy smokes. Yeah. Like just because they had, they had like so, it made it so hard to hunt shittle because they'd had like 60 mil of rain, like three weeks before we got there. And so everything just spread, but the numbers of just like for pigs, the property owners are leaving them. Yeah. So like the numbers have just boomed. Um, and that's the thing, like going into this wet season, if we can have another good season, like the numbers should be really good. But um, they were just like a lot of the pigs we um, we were hunting were off like swamps and that. Yeah. And so they're just like constantly rooting up the lily bulbs and yeah. everything. So they were just fat as, like so fat. But I didn't, yeah, I actually didn't take any meat off those ones because um, our chest freezer at home is stocked. Chockers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I just had nowhere to give it. And pig meat's one of those things that like people are pretty sus on. Oh, I wouldn't mean. I just mean the fat to make some yeah. nice burger patties. Or even, yeah. Burgers on one night. Yeah. yeah. Chittle burgers with a well, wild boar pig fat in it. Mm. Although yeah. you can buy lard. Well, that's what I normally, yeah. So normally, unless I'm making like stuff from pigs in themselves, like even then I'll probably still cut in lard, like cut in fat. Because I've done that before where I had those pigs off the feedlot sort of thing that were coming onto the lambs. And I, um, the first batch of sausages I ever made was with that pig. There was wild pig and wild goat. Um, and just like sort of herbs and garlic and um i didn't have enough fat in them like it was too dry oh right yeah yep. like but and i didn't whereas now i like weigh it all out and do it you don't just sort of by feel a bit of this and a bit of that like well, making jerky like, just squirt whatever yeah. in there and then think geez that tastes like shit or that's really good yeah, yeah but it, like i do a little bit of that like you sort of once you do a couple of batches you sort of just know what it should look like and yeah. you sort of like, oh, I'll do it. It's texture as well, isn't it? It's yeah. You can get a feel for sausages. Yeah. You know that that's a... Yeah, and I'll cook up, I'll, like in terms of seasoning and stuff, like I generally know how much salt and season, like each of seasoning to put in there, but like I'll cook up like a little risole before I actually put it in the, the casings yep. just for the seasoning and, and herbs and stuff because sometimes you think you put enough in, but you know, you eat it and you're like, oh, I can't taste any rosemary or thyme or garlic yeah. or whatever. You have to add a bit. And so you just, you know, you double it or whatever. Do you um, use uh, synthetic casing or do you buy the... Gut? No, naturals, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, well, I just found... I used synthetic first because I found them um, 
till you get the feel for it and you don't break yeah. any. Well, that's literally it. They were a bit more, they're more, like the collagen's more robust in them, so you break less of them. Yeah. Um, but then it's also like eating a plastic bag around a sausage when you go to eat it, you know. Yeah. So then um, then I went to the naturals and they were they were awesome. There's probably a taste to them as well versus the well, synthetic. Well, uh, like I don't notice the taste, but they're just so thin. Yeah. Like and then when you cook them, they, um, they're just, you know, like they're, they just hug the meat. Like they're not, it's not like casing and meat, you know, it's and just no, like, like when you, you chop it. them after you haven't, you chop them and they blow a heap of oil out yeah. because the casing doesn't let the, the fats yeah, soak out. Yeah, that's right. So. Um, and so, yeah, like I've, I, that's the thing I haven't made in, I've only been in Townsville for about a month now and most of the time I've been hunting. So I've done all my sausage making stuff's at mum and dad's place in Victoria. Um, it's got Corona. Yeah. They won't let you bring that up I'm over not, the border. Anymore. I'm not going back to Victoria anytime <laughs> soon. All my mates are like, when are you coming down? I'm like, never. <laughs> 2025. Yeah. No, I might go down. Oh, what's the date? Oh, in August now, I'll probably go back January or something. Yeah, if they let you. If they let me, if everything's sort of calmed down. You have to go see the folks at Christmas. Yeah, even then. <laughs> love you, mum and dad, but... <laughs> no, we'll, what's the thing? Me and Aiden. Oh, I shouldn't say Aiden. Oh, he's going to kill me after this. Um... Why is he a grammar Nazi? Is he like oh, a... I just, yeah, he gets up. Yeah. Um, or just about that. But we need to, we want to start filming a heap of content. Yeah. So like we want to try and do a backlog of videos and get a whole heap of stuff. So yep. yeah. Everyone got Yeah, on. you've done, you've been quiet for a while. I think the last one was that buff. Was it the buff? Yeah. Video? That's the thing yeah. at the moment. That's like a year and a half ago. That yeah. Filmed that. yeah. Well, even then, like we filmed, like they, we put that out. We filmed that for a company because they like approached us. And now they're like awesome mates, um, big country as far as I'll say it. But um, <laughs> yeah, so they approached us and we did a promo for them. Yeah. Um, and it was like an awesome experience going over. I couldn't actually go the first time. So it was just dad and Aiden. And then I went up the next year, like I went up last year, um, July and shot a, a good bull. Um, but yeah, we like we haven't even put the video out for that. But we, that's the thing, like the plan is to try and make a heap of content over like the next year or so. Have a heap so stored reserves. up. Yeah. Have a heap stored up. Um, and we're working on a couple other stuff and then, and then start releasing yep. it sort of slowly and be, cause it's sort of like these podcasts, you know, you can't, people don't like it when you just, you have one every week and then don't do one for two months. You yeah, know what I mean? That's and us. So, we're trying not to, but it's happening lately with this COVID and not being able yeah, to see and, it. Yeah. And it's hard, you know, and it's the same with us. People like, like that. that consistency. They look forward to it. Like yeah. everyone looks forward to the bow on down under. Yeah. That's the next right. one you're hanging out and then once they flick it up, you're like, like that yeah. Donnie Vincent film. Yeah. Everyone's like, we're waiting for yeah, the new Donnie Vincent right. film. And it's the same, you know, like um, Brad and Jerry, like awesome stuff, you know, like they're putting it out every month. But they're flat out. And put people it out. and yeah. people are sitting there like three days before being like, man, I can't wait to watch yeah. this video. Like, you know, because the quality of the, the stuff that they're doing is incredible. Yeah. You know, it's unreal. Um, and that's like, we want to sort of get up there with them. You know, so like you, we, you did, we, we were talking about that before with the Ozcut channel. So you've, your diet, your... Still going to do some Ozcut videos, but this is going to be on your own channel. Yeah, so next release. Yeah, so Ozcut, like we'll put, we'll help. Like we, um, a lot of our earlier videos were on, yeah. still on Nick's stuff now, on on Ozcut. Um, but then the, the plan is to start filming potentially for people yeah. and guides if they want it. Yeah. Um, but then also film just a lot of our own content and put it up on our own YouTube channel. Yeah. So yeah, that we've got. Um, so yeah, Twin Elements. Everyone go follow it. <laughs> oh, you got um, it on Instagram and the yeah, YouTube. So that's, is there that's, a Facebook page for it? No, nah, there's no, no Facebook. Or actually we might, because that's the thing, like Aiden and I discussed it. Um, we'll probably end up just changing his old YouTube channel to Twin yeah. Elements 1. Yeah. Um, 
and then potentially same with his Facebook stuff. But we're more active on Instagram and, and YouTube. Facebook's dying out compared to Instagram. Well, and that's the thing. Like it, like it's too I, much crap. You get like, too much crap and censored yeah, on, on Facebook. That's right. So like I have a Facebook account but, and like a fair few bow hunters add me on it. But to be honest, like that's more my just like family and friends. That's and, what I say. Yeah, yeah. You know, whereas like, you know, if anyone was to follow me on Instagram, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But like I don't want to sort of. Because like I, I like following people back and seeing what people are doing and stuff. Whereas like on Facebook, like. I like. I don't know if this sounds selfish or whatnot, but like, I like watching your hunting stuff. I don't want to see. Oh, that's like, why I don't follow people back on Instagram because I don't need to see that shit. Yeah, I like, don't. I just want to see your hunting. Mm, yeah. Like, I don't want to see little Jeffrey grow and his preppy photos and you know, like, yeah, yeah. like all the stuff Kids that you post day on of school every yeah, year. Like that yeah. you post on Facebook. Like, I want to see you go shoot that gnarly. It's nice, but I don't care. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, it's, it's more just like I, I've got my own friends that I'm trying to like friends and family that yeah. I'm trying to keep tabs yeah. on enough that I need to follow yours, like. You know, like, and I'm that's co- normal. There's heaps of people like that, and a lot mm. of people just start dropping Facebook because of that. It's just yeah, and that's so that's sort of what my Facebook's about. So that's what we haven't really re- pursued um, a page or on that. Yeah, but and, down on uh, hunting camp down under, we neglect our Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> we just haven't got time. Yeah. Oh, and that's so. the thing. Like a lot of it just comes down to time and how much you can manage. Like I'd rather rather than trying to manage a Facebook account, I'm trying to do Instagram really well. Cause plus your own private ones as well. Yeah, plus our own online. private ones, yeah. plus what well, as far as, plus trying to do a YouTube channel and keep the content yeah. going, plus I need to work and make money so I can do these trips, yeah. you know, and like, um, but yeah, like, so that the plan going forward is to, is to try and get that really off the ground in the next year or so. Um, and we've got a couple of different formats of films that hopefully people will like. I won't sort of dive into it yet, but. Um, no, they're coming. That's they're coming. Well, that's know. the thing, like, yeah, we, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Like we, Aiden, Aiden will tell you that he's wanted to do this with me for like six years or seven years, but I just wasn't in, like, it didn't interest me. You know, like I just loved hunting and sure I'd film him hunting, but it was more just because he enjoyed it. You know, whereas like now, like I was going to go to New Zealand with you, yeah. I already shot a tar. I'm like, I'll just video you. Like yeah, I'm happy yeah. to go there for cover my expense. Like I'm happy to pay my own expenses, you know, do it. Like we just, um, like Aiden flew down and videoed Nick for five days hunting mountain boars and then Kimmy, um, Adam and Nick came up and hunted Chittle and Rusa with us and we just filmed them. Like, no, yeah. you know, I hunted one Arvo on the day that in when Adam was dropping Kimmy and Nick off at the airport. But apart from that, like the seven days, we just walked around with cameras behind them, Yeah, you know, and same with like, that's sort of, we just want to start making more video content. And be, like when, when Aiden and I go hunting now, like, you know, whether it's a week or whether it's two days, like we just go, oh, I hunted on the last one or, you know, like Aiden hadn't shot in Tarlet yet. So I went and videoed Nick and Aiden last December the whole time. Like we were there for 10 days. I didn't bring my bow. Yeah. Because you just, like you can't. Now you got to be committed. You either oh, film sure. or you don't. That's right. Like yeah. you can't half-ass it. And if you want a storyline that flows, you need to have that one person in control. That just, and says, no, wait, stop, go this way. Look at this. But it's also better. We'll get that bit of footage. Yeah. It's also better because it's, it shifts the responsibility, like your responsibility then, like, you know, sometimes I won't even carry binos if I'm filming and same with Aiden, you know, like your responsibility. You need is, that though. You need no distractions because yeah. you'll miss stuff. You're like, oh, should I, I have the drone with me and I had the drone with me the other day with Craig and I'm like, oh, should I put it up? Should I do this? Should I get some hmm. just and the, but then the thing is, you things like, of B-roll, but you haven't committed to the whole hunt. So there's no, no point filming anything if yeah, you haven't committed right. all that. Like out. you, um, if you, you just, yeah, you, you're distracted and stuff and like shots that you should be getting, like you're standing, you know, like I'm standing next to Aiden and we're both glassing and talking, but really I should be video, videoing Aiden talking to the camera, you yeah. know, and like, 
and all that type of jazz. Um, and you just miss so much key B-roll stuff because you're both like moving in on the deer and you should be filming over his shoulder or you should be filming him walking up to you or whatever, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. And so that's what we're trying to do more of. We're like, you know, you just got 101 video or even um, getting, you know, Aiden and I going and filming like someone else, you know, yeah, like filming yeah. Nick or filming what like yourself or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, get both of us because it's, it's even easier again because you can get someone on like a wide angle lens doing all the the you know wide angle stuff and you can get someone um a bit closer yeah a bit like more. brad and jerry one one yeah. hits the pinpoint from yeah. the back and then the other one's over that's the right shoulder. you can get yeah. all the different shots rather than um trying to run around with one camera strapped to your chest and one on the tripod you know yeah. doing all that stuff and then yeah like you just got to carry so much gear too like i'd hate to know how much gear aiden was carrying in nick's in his bag when he was filming nick you know like whereas at least you can it, sort of it'd share have the to load. be up around the eight or nine kilos oh of more gear. like yeah. oh aiden walks around eight or nine when we're hunting chittle deer like it'd, it'd probably be closer to the 15 kilo mark he's yeah. psycho like he his day pack is like more than what most people take in for like a three a three day backpack trip like he He'll have like three cameras in his bag, a tripod, drone, like all this unnecessary shit that he'll yeah. never take out. Like, but he, but he'll take it. You know, like he's like, I might need it, so he'll take it. Yeah, it's better to have it. Yeah. Oh, for and, sure. And not need it then. But then again, that's if you're filming. Yeah. If you're not filming. Oh, and he, and that's the credit to him. Like he, he's been the main driving force for ages. You know, like he, for ages when we were growing up, he'd be like, oh, I won't take the bow. He would just film. Yeah. Whereas now, you know, like it's sort of. We're talking about discussing there. We're discussing hunting how often we hunt solo or with people, and that's yeah. that's that's the hard thing too. Oh, like if sure. you're hunting with someone, yeah, it's mm. not you, you can do that. Yeah. yeah. With, well, it's I I tried when I was down in Victoria working. I tried self filming a lot, and even during the ruts and stuff like that. But you end up just you got to be committed to not get an animal. Oh, well, what's the thing I like, can't film that, so I'm not going to shoot it if you don't want it. That, if it's for filming, and that's what it was. Like I actually came up to southeast southeast queensland one year uh, one year had two weeks on the reds um end up like partially self-filming myself shooting a deer which now i'm not even going to use the content for because it's worse than what we're currently filming at you know it's yeah, yeah. and it's been two years you know like be just constantly getting better at the quality that filming um and so that's the thing like i'll start releasing like little snippets on instagram yeah, you don't want to yeah you do you got all that b-roll you'd have hours of b-roll from the last years and you're like and uh it's not and that's in the what, same filming style i do now it's not as good and that's what i'm trying to so now i'm trying to cut them all into one minute clips for instagram so i can just keep posting them yeah every just day. content yeah. um but yeah you know i st i stuffed up <clears throat> i stuffed up on like 12 like we were i was only on that block i was only allowed to do like management like it was for management, management heads, stuff so yeah. Anything that was over four by four, I couldn't shoot. Yeah. And I found like a couple of really nice tags and got into it. Like I videoed one at like 30 meters for 10 minutes or so. Just roaring his guts out over behind and heat and a little fawn. Like I'll put that up on Instagram. It was pretty cool footage, but like could have shot him every day of the week. Um, but still like I stuffed up on um, a heap about, I think it ended up being like five or six, like really solid, to gnarly four by fours. Um that I would have loved to have shot, you know, just real big, heavy things um, that, yeah, I just, you know, like they, they either, I was either in too far out from the tree trying to set the camera up or, you know, like I roared him in and I just wasn't ready because I'm trying to video, okay, now he's in frame or oh, I'll try and back and draw and, or whatever. Like one of them was as simple as um, he was roaring about 80 meters away in this sort of real thick lantana shit and I put the tripod down and one of the legs hit a rock and went, tink. Yeah. And he just heard that and just turned on a dime, like halfway through a roar. 
and came running up to me and he's standing there at five meters, just like sitting there looking at me <laughs> from behind all the lantana and, you know, just purely like, you know, that's, a, that's a, like a, um, opportunity gone, you know, yeah, like he just yeah. disappears. Um, but even then, you know, like, that's what I'm saying. Whereas, so now I just like, Oh, I've got a little clip that I put my camera to my, um, my waist strap or, you know, my shoulder strap or whatever on my backpack and, um, I'll go like if I go hunting solo or try and take a heap of just you know b-roll footage or um footage of 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 wildlife footage and whatnot when I'm um when I'm hunting um but a lot of the stuff is going to be with Aiden and that's like that's half the reason excuse me that's half the reason why I resigned or, you know like resigned from work a month ago north you know yeah. nothing to do with Victoria it was and the actually, weather and the COVID it was actually nothing to do with it Aiden was meant like yeah, it was nothing like Aiden was meant to come down and we'll because it's in his June July holiday. We're meant to spend um, two weeks hunting samadhi because I haven't shot a samba stag yet. Um, so we're meant to spend two weeks hunting samba stags to try and get one on film up in the high country. And then we were going to spend um, probably a week hunting boars with Nick. And then we we're going to go back up to Townsville and um, film like a fair bit more content. But just with COVID stuff, Aiden's like, get up to Townsville as soon as you can. Yeah. And so I flew up to Townsville, literally like I had, I went Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, Townsville and got in at like the borders closed at 12 and I got in at um, like 8.30 in the morning. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why I've been up there for like a month now and we've just been hunting flat out and I've obviously <laughs> well, come. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's killing me. I'm running out of money. I got to go. Like, <laughs> I'm going to start, I start work again in two weeks, but um, yeah, like the next, um, like obviously we, we'll grab the car up you probably tomorrow or whatever. And then might probably, I'll, I think I'll head up and try and get a bit of rooster access. Cause that's like the one that hoggies is the, the one species that we don't have. So I'll probably cruise up through central Queensland and try and do a bit of door knocking and, yep. and see if I can get some access up on the way. Oh, that'd be, yeah. be the go. There's, there's a fair few patches of roosters through Queensland. It's mm. like someone, well, sprinkled them out of a salt shaker and they're just everywhere just, like little random patches well, that's, and that's the thing like there's a lot of like yeah from doing vet up in towns where like there's a lot of properties like oh we see one a year you know like yeah, but you yeah. don't want that one a year place you want that like you know they you see them from every their, day from their track they see one a year yeah that's not necessarily where they go into that back corner or that yeah, river system or that creek true. system but still like you want somewhere especially because from towns where like I guess most of it will probably be at least like a four hour drive. Like you want to go somewhere where you're like, I'm not saying that it needs to be the best, pro like you want to at least go and see somebody. Yeah. You want to see you them. Know, like you yeah, don't want to yeah. have to go there and cause like I've got places that are closer that are better for pigs sort of yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. every place in Queensland nowadays has pigs or most of them. Yeah. But you, you know, I want to go there and at least, you know, like it'd be nice to have an opportunity on a deer or a stag. Oh, it's or whatever, fair. It's you know, very like, like, it's, it's disappointing and it just takes the, this the spark out of it mm. for one i i don't mind because i walk around the mountains and i get views and yeah get to i, I just enjoy that oh yeah but if you say you're on a not saying it's ugly country but it's not as fun to just Picture walk S. through the scrub on flat dry country and yeah. not see an animal to hunt oh for sure it's it's not as picture like and it is nice it's nice to go up. for a stroll but you're there yeah it's yeah oh it's just it like you know like i'll give normally give properties a couple of a couple of um tries you know in terms of finding game and whatnot but you know like everyone at the end of the day you are out there to try and That's get point. something yeah, yeah. you know like yeah. like because if if i wasn't doing that i wouldn't be carrying around a tripod and a backpack and i just take my hiking boots and a pair of footy shorts and a bloody 
fluoro pink shirt and walk around and take photos of birds and shit you know like yeah, we're, yeah. Out, we're out there hunting at the end of the day yeah. like we can't kid ourselves that like i like you know we were brought up like we have a saying like appreciate the little things like we were brought up taking photos of birds and dad has birds and you know like we love all the wildlife i'll sit there and feed bloody blue tongues and beard dragons and stuff for 20 minutes while i'm hunting like that stuff doesn't bother me but you sort of can't kid yourself that at the end of the day we are out there trying to hunt yeah, something yeah like, whether it be a rabbit or a a deer, like we are sort don't of. Don't carry your bow because it takes good photos. That's right. We're there for like we're success-driven yeah. species. Yeah. Whether it be work or hunting. Um, but yeah. So anyway, hopefully I can get a bit of access on something that's got because that's yet again like I've I've shot rooster hinds and uh, spiker, um, but never shot a stag. So yeah, spiking. Big animals in places in Queensland. Oh, for sure. And that, like you said, like I wish I even had like I've got a couple of towns where people have said that they've there's deer out there and stuff, but. You know, I just don't even have somewhere to begin. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think I'll just drive and then talk to a property owner and they'll be like, oh, yep, no, we don't have deer here, but such and such, you know, if you go two hours more that way, because I've got, I've yeah, got nothing no to do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No idea and plenty of time. Um, yeah. Fuel's pretty cheap at the moment, so I'll just cover a bit of ground and hopefully find something. Um, especially, you know, like they're sort of coming off the back of their rut, so I'm sure a lot of the capes are stuffed, but... Um, yeah, if I could shoot one, that'd be like even if I shot a twenty-five inch, I'd be over the moon. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just trying to find some access, I guess. Um, and then jump on a live export boat and spend three month, months in a little cube. Yeah. No, it'll be at the moment. It's probably looking about. Oh, not three months, thirty days. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah, sort of four to five weeks, I reckon, on a boat, and then depending off whether I get back, um, maybe two weeks quarantine, depending. And then might head up to Weeper, I'm thinking at the moment, and spend a bit of time up there hunting. And then, or in between all that, I'll do a bit of hunting and then go up there for work and try and do some hunting while I'm up there too. But yeah, a lot of it will be based out of towns. We're trying to hang out with Aiden as much because it just makes it easier for the editing stuff, like the whole, yeah. the whole process. You're not dropboxing each other every night being like, this is what I've done for today. Does it look good? Yeah, yeah. You can sort of just, yeah, even though he's at uni and he's like, I'll go and ask him questions and he's like, stuff off, uh, piss off him in a lecture. Um, yeah, it makes it a bit easier. But it for does, yeah. You don't have to. I'd hate to think like Jerry and Brad at oh, opposite ends of the world. Like, yeah. And they got, they'd be big files like they got oh, yeah, to share with sure. each other. Yeah. But then just said, you just sit down and go, oh, that's in there. Just and that's why, yeah, that's what we sort of discussed. Like, we're like, if we're going to get serious about it, like, yeah. Yeah. And I just worked out that I can financially afford to do that sort of work. And well, sort especially of, if you got to sit on the boat. Well, yeah. yeah if so I'm, you can't communicate, you're like, Oh, 30 well, days later. This is what I've done. Nah, like, so what I'll do is... I'll, oh, that's I can't, shit. I don't want that. Yeah. I can do it again. <laughs> well, I, I can't. So what I thought about on the boat, like there's no Wi-Fi or service or anything like that. But what I can do is with my Garmin inReach, get a full, like pay for the highest subscription, which might be like 90 bucks, but it's unlimited text messages. Yeah. And so I'll just sit there and text him all day. Yeah. yeah. Um, so obviously I can't share the content with him, but you know, like I can just... But like there's projects that, you know, like I've got to still make a probably a two-part Bulgaria video. Yeah. You know, that I've got hours of footage that I need to sit and look through and... Like there's heaps of little projects that we need to do, um, and it's just about the time to sit down and do it. So, so yeah. Earlier this year, last year, last year when you went to New Zealand, hmm. so you started. Get, you went to New Zealand a couple of times, but what? How did you get the? You, so we went on veterinary exchange or placement. Yeah. So or? so this last time they, um, I used to work for a big dairy cattle print, uh, clinic down in southwest Victoria, um, and they've got some of the um, business partners are from New Zealand. They own massive clinics in New Zealand and. Um, I used to manage one of the clinics down there for them and um, we were having a business meeting one day and they hit up our bosses to say that we needed someone over there to do some work for two months in, in January, February and um, 
would there be anyone sort of interested? And I was, you know, oh, yeah, nah, 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 nah. nah. So you know, like obviously, um, single fellow, twenty five. I haven't really got any connections or obligations to anything in life other than my family and (laughs) hunting and whatnot. So, um, yeah. So where they where 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 was the location? So I was in Greymouth. They would have picked your ears a little bit too. Well, I was in. I I didn't know. So I had. I've got some friends over in um, New South uh, New Zealand that have really helped me out. Um, in terms of spots and whatnot. Um, so, but I had a car and stuff. So the work that I was actually doing was a bit strange in the sense that, um, cause I was, a lot of the work I was doing was preg testing. So, you know, saying, yeah, she's pregnant and she's like seven weeks pregnant with an ultrasound or whatnot. So I would get up in the morning, um, at about three thirty in the morning, a lot of the places were an hour away. So I'd drive to the property, get there at four thirty, and, um, wouldn't have brekkie beforehand preg test for a couple of hours and then when the cows are after they've been milked while they're while they're they're being milked yeah and so i'd finish that at like 8 30 in the morning and then if i didn't have to do the heifers which are the young females um i'd finish at 8 30 in the morning and that's all i had to do that was your day that was my day right and so i'd finish at 4 30 in the morning sorry i finished 8 30 in the morning or nine o'clock and have brekkie with the farmer yeah right and so i got a bit of private access through that um, because all the, oh, I'm not going to say that they'll get upset with me. All the, all the, from experience, heaps of the Kiwi blokes, like all the farmers there have beautiful six by sevens, like 33 to 35 inch longs. Like everyone's got like a awesome 40 inch sitting in the house yeah. and there's a heap of shit, which they call shit, which is like 33 to 35, six by six in the shed. Right. And they all just shoot them off the crop paddock in the rut. Yeah. They'll just go out They'll there. They'll come and, out of the forest. Yeah. The, yeah. And, um. But anyway, so yeah, I was there when they were coming out of that. I, the, I got there on like the... So Greymouth for anyone's on the West Coast, how far forward n- north of Hokitika is it? Ho- oh, half an hour. Half an hour north yeah. of Hokitika. Yeah. Hokitika. 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 Um, but yeah, so half an hour north of that. Yeah. So yeah, like... So it's just in prime, your little drive south or... Mm. In, oh, yeah. well, that's, so yeah, in that... So the first weekend... Actually, yeah, that's not a bad story. The first weekend I got there, I... Um, had a tar spot, rented a little like hatchback piece of shit and um, drove straight to the mountain, got there at like lunch, walked um, nine Ks back up into up this stream system, um, ended up missing a bull on the first Arvo. Like it came down and it was like 30 meters and I thought it was 40, like just in that country and um, shot over its back, like clearly. And, um, Anyway, then went up and found a hill, heap of nannies and stuff, but I wanted a bull. And then um, Aiden and I had been there like the two months before and found a pretty good bull in this sort of like hidden sort of hanging basin. And so I literally had to walk up a mountain and down into it. And that took me about six hours to do and got in there at like seven o'clock. And it was get, it gets dark at 9.30 over there, like in that, like Jan Feb sort of thing. End up finding, um, I was like, there's got to be a bull in here. It's got to, it's so just hidden away. Like it, yep. the rest of it gets pretty, um, smashed, but I was so, like, so if anyone doesn't know, hung basins up in the top of the range, sort of where there's a, a depression in the top, right? yeah, like, like near the top of the mountain yeah. ranges and then it sort of hangs up high yeah. and then drops Like you can't, you can't really sort of, it's you like can't a see hidden, it from below cause yeah, it's hidden. It's a yeah. hidden bowl. Like at the, imagine instead of it being a plateau, like it goes into another little sort of. Like a miniature valley at the yeah, top of the mountain. That's right. Um, beautiful, like there was a stream in it that went down to a waterfall and like, it's just so secluded and whatnot, like all these tussock benches. I'm like, right, if I'm going to find a bull, like he's going to be up there. Cause I'd seen the day before when I walked in that nine Ks, I'd seen like 70 tar, Holy smokes. right. 
but I'd only seen two bulls and one was the one I missed. Um, he was hanging with another bull and then I saw another bull right on dark, like in the most, can I swear? Yeah, you're, we have been. All right. Yeah. In the most fuck off, <laughs> can't get to spot. Like absolutely like, you know, tiny bit of green feed there, almost vertical, hanging off a cliff. Like you just look at it and you're like, there is no way I'm going to get to that thing. Like even like, you'd probably struggle to shoot it with a rifle at four or five, just where he was, like the face that he was on. Yeah. You know, you're like, he's there for a reason, right? Yeah. And so that made me, like I went to bed that night and I was like, he's there, you know, like the bulls are in spots where they're hidden. Like they're not anywhere with the nannies and stuff. So... Because it's a high-pressure spot. Yeah, yeah. It's People call it like um, church, uh, Christchurch's bloody um, freezer. Oh, so, right, like, right. All, yeah, I, like yeah. I Put it this way. The stream that I walked in on, I met, I think, on the walk out before I went up into that basin that none of them knew about because I'm like, oh, I'm going over there. And they're like, oh, I don't know that. Um, I, met, I saw five other hunters. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, went in there. At like, yeah. So I got in there at about seven, um, sat down. I'm like, there's got to be a bull in here. And at like eight o'clock, this bull just like feeds out of this like monkey scrub tussock clearing and um, ended up stalking in. And then at like 8.45, like ranged him. Like I stalked in above him, got above him and ranged him. And I was like 17 meters horizontal distance above him. But I reckon it was probably like 30 or 32, like vertical line of sight shot. Yep. Um, and that's like, you know, if you want to go to New, Ze- New Zealand, like, and hunt over there with a bow, like I really recommend having like an angle compensating, um, range finder because like yeah. you just get screwed over. Otherwise. And practice form. Oh, for sure. Completely tilted. Yeah. <laughs> and so he was standing, um, quartering away and I was like heavily above him. Um, and he didn't know I was there. Like he was just feeding. Um, and I, um, shot him and he, like the shot looked really good. Like I, I, it was sort of like quartering away. Um, it went in sort of behind his ribs on one side and popped out. Like it ended up popping out high, like sort of center of his chest in front of that front leg on the other side. Like I thought I'd pickled him. Anyway, ended up um, like I had taken my boots and gaiters off and stuff about a hundred meters away. And so I went back, got that, came down, got um, like by the time it was dark, you know, it was like 9.30, 9.45 got my backpack and stuff, went back, started tracking the blood and he'd made it about 50 meters down to the edge of the creek. And then all on that other side was all just thick as hell monkey scrub. And the blood was really good. Like there was every, you know, every foot or two foot, there was like a good spray of blood. Yep. And um, anyway, ended up going up there and um, spent ages trying to find him in the monkey scrub. I was just like it took me. I think in the it, dark. In the dark, right? With a head torch. With a head torch. No, head torch. Head torch. Um, but just because it all like it was so like the fog, like all the fog rolled in, everything just got real wet, like and, and yep. sticky. And um, you so you can see literally five feet in front. Oh, of you not even like I was peeling back, like climbing in there with the backpack, like. Um, oh, anyway, so I ended up getting in there, and then, um, at like one in the morning. I walked up onto this thing and I heard this thing stand up and I looked at it and it was still alive, which is like where I went back and ended up looking, like when I looked at the shot, I was like, I don't know what I did there. Yeah. And, um, he ran off this hill and anyway, I was like, righto. And this is like one in the morning now, like it's been like, you know, four hours. And I, so the, the thing that I should have mentioned is I had to be back in Christchurch to catch the bus to Greymouth to start working on the Monday 
right, at eight o'clock. And so um, I was, I think it was like a four hour drive or something. To some, Christchurch. To Christchurch. Right? So I was about a four hour drive from Christchurch or three and a half hour drive from Christchurch. And a six hour walk in to the car. And I was, back to the car. I was about, yeah, it was a 6K walk back from where that was. Oh, 6K, yeah. It was a 6K walk, which was about two hours because it was all downhill. Yeah. Um, and it was one in the morning now, right? And I'm like, I was wrecked. It's I not a track. It's oh, just scrub I'd, bash. I hadn't eaten, like I hadn't eaten all day. Like I was wrecked because like, it was only meant to be a day and a half trip. Like I was meant to be out by that night. And I shot him in like the last, you know, 45 minutes of light. Um, so at one in this morning, one in the morning, and the blood was thick as like, you know, like a lot of people... Yeah, like I guess through veterinary, like you see a lot of patients and whatnot that just bleed like stuck pigs and you're like, oh no, they're fine. Like, you know, because you can sort of, like I was like, this thing's lost at least 15% blood volume. Like off, yeah. like just pulls everywhere, right? Yeah, and lay um, down and not get back up. Oh, like he'd stop for a bit and it, like, you know, I'd get a, a hand size pull, you know, which might, yeah. it's only 10 mil or whatever, but like you, you get 20 of them and that's 200 mil and you work out, like anyway. So I was like, he should be hurting. And then... Um, get, I'd probably come up about 70 meters up the other side out of this through the monkey scrub. Like I cleared the monkey scrub and, um, my bow is strapped to my back cause it was just too hard going to the monkey scrub. And, um, anyway, I look like five meters in front of me and I hear this tar, like get up and I'm like, oh shit. <coughs> Sorry, everyone. Um, and then, um, he stood up and just sprinted off the other side into more monkey scrub and I was like nah like I've, I've lost done. this thing and anyway I followed his track for about three meters and the blood just disappeared and I was like I've lost you know like I've worked my guts out to get into yeah. here to shoot a tar to track it to, and I was like nah the whole time it's playing in your mind you've got to get back out of here oh well for sure I'm like, like I'm looking at my watch and I'm like it literally gets to a point where I just have to start walking out like yeah. um, and anyway so walked in um, I started doing just big circles out from that spot that I last saw him, right? And then I'm like, okay, like it got to, I'd probably only gone about 80 meters, like in big circles. And I was like, righto. It got to like 145 and I'm like, I've got to leave now. Like I've literally got to get back to the car. And that's like, that's budgeting for me getting back to the car and just driving straight to Christchurch straight away, like having no sleep, haven't eaten for like 24 hours. Like I had brekkie the day before because I ran out of food. And then um, ended up taking about five steps and looked over this tiny little, probably like two meter, like little drop down. And he was just lying there dead flat out. It was his last dash. Oh, and I was just like, <laughs> so relieved. Cause I, like I, you know, I couldn't tell you the last time I wounded something. Like, cause that's the thing. Like I take shots that I really, like I know that. Yeah. Confident in what yeah, you're doing. You know, like if I, if there's, if there's a doubt, I'll, won't shoot, you know, like... So you'll never pick up the recurve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I need to practice a lot. <laughs> so have to be an um, expert. But that's the thing, because, like, obviously, being a vet, like, I care about animals, and I know, and, like, they have the same pain pathways as me. So, like, I hear a lot of people that just say, like, you know, if arrows aren't flying, things aren't dying. And it's just like, yes, that's true, but how would you feel like, like it if you got gut shot and left for two days to die? Yeah. Because that's what you're potentially doing to an, and I'm not like I'm not sitting here high and mighty like I'm fucked up. Yeah, shit, yeah. You know, yeah. like you shoot stuff and things don't turn out. But you really the right need to take that in consideration. Yeah, for sure. Like you know, shot. like I, I'll sit here and say I've wounded animals, not found them. You know, like and they've 
Well, that that's I'm ma- massive for that now with the yeah. recurve. I cannot take front ons. Yeah. Oh, and that's right. You've just got to be and, and that's quartering thing. or broadside. That's yeah. quartering. And you've just got to take into account that you know, and you've just got to know your abilities. Like you know, if you've got a lot of hands bow, like you just mm. can't take those front on shots, or you know, if there's like. Oh, Try not to coffee. If you've had, like, I've had so many opportunities on Chittle. Water, you got a little bit of water there. I've had so many opportunities on Chittle where, you know, at 25 metres they bust you. Yeah, you don't want to, <coughs> you don't, you don't want to risk shooting at them <coughs> at that once they're aware that you're there because it's just dangerous for them. Yeah. You. Oh, we're back. Um, you don't. Yeah. You look like you don't. Oh, I'm struggling. Um, I've had so many opportunities on Chittle at 25 where you just like you know they're not going to be there by the time the arrow gets there or yeah. you're going to hit them for me it's like you're going to hit them, them back and high oh yeah. you're going to hit them there's more likely a chance that you're going to hit them where you don't want to hit them than where you do so you just yeah. never take that shot um and so yeah i was relieved when i found that tar and i literally had broken my slr the week before leaving to come um on that trip hunting goats in new south wales and so um I just had a GoPro, so I had no good. I've got. There's not even a photo of me with my tar. Like, yeah. if you, like anyway. So, got yeah. a quick iPhone photo. the head off. Oh no, I got a quick iPhone photos. Literally, no, I didn't take the head off. I took because my. So the whole time I was in New Zealand for two months. I chamois tar, um, swap people for wild. Like I shot a little um, goat. Swap people for like those three for pork as well, and then went trout fishing. Like until the last weekend. Um, I didn't eat anything that I hadn't That's pretty shot. cool. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. You know, yeah. so I loved it. Like, it was unreal. Um, tar, like, is easily... Like, goat used to be my favourite meat. Tar, like, the best thing I've ever eaten. Yeah? Oh, man. Some was, people just say... it. I suppose nah. it's like every meat. They say, oh, it's rank, but... Nah, I, well, I don't... Like, I've only had one. So, like... But the one I ate was better than anything I've ever eaten. Yeah? Yeah, loved it. Like, you weren't, in, in you every, weren't really hungry when you ate it? Nah, nah. <laughs> that makes um, a in every, Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I just had no option. So, no, but honestly, like, in every form that I cooked it, like, I just staked it, curried it, like, you know, treated it like goat, slow cooked it, like, all of it, um, loved it. In every, Like, it was just it was just the right amount of fat and had, like, a bit of flavor, but not, yeah. like, you know. Um, Is it like goat meat? Yeah, very similar. Very similar. Very yeah. similar. But I just found it, like, it was so tender. Um, and so, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, but, yeah, so I ended up cutting... Like, I took everything but the, like, skeleton, really. Like, I took yeah. back straps, rib eyes, back legs, front legs, neck, um, and obviously cut the head off because, yeah. But where, so, like, to, going back to the shot, yeah, I'd literally shot it behind the last rib and it'd come out um, low on the front, like, between the two front legs. And what I, the reason why I was bleeding out heaps is I must have come in high and taken out one lung yeah. and then... Left a, a cut his, channel. I cut his jugular on the offside. Like I cut it, shot him back left, taking out that one lung and then cut the jugular on the right-hand side. And so, yeah, like that's why. Because that's like a lot of people will say, oh, there's heaps of blood and you never find them. And the reason is often because you've cut the jugular, especially T1-2 will take front-on shots. shots. Um, like during the ruts, like red and fallow, you know, croaking or hind calling him in or whatever and you get him into 15 metres, you shoot him front-on. And you shoot them through the neck and you cut the jugular and it looks like, like they bleed like a stuck pig, but you never find them. Yeah. Because they can close, like I've seen dogs come in that have literally lacerated, you know, like jumped off the ute and hung themselves and you can see they're carotids and they've cut one jugular, but they can live off one jugular. So the, the carotids feeding the oxygenated blood where the jugular's feeding the already used De- yeah, blood back to the system. And so the, the pressure difference thing. is huge. 
Yeah. Um, and so you get like the collateral blood supply that just makes up for that. But the, 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 the fun fact is they bleed like a stuck pig and yeah. it looks so impressive. Like it looks incredible and a lot of people mistake how much blood they can lose, especially if it's all... But it's not as rich, is it? It's a darker... It's a darker it's, blood. It's a darker blood. But yeah. a lot of people mistake um, how much blood is actually on the ground. Like if you're just seeing a drop, like you got to think about it. So for every sort of one drop that you just see of blood, that's like a tenth of a mil. Yeah. You wouldn't Which even is fit like it a in an eyedropper. You, you wouldn't, know, like, it wouldn't even get it. It's exactly. not, a, not a true drop. Yeah. So, you know, like when you see that pool, that might be five mils. Yeah. So in terms of a fallow or a red or something like yeah. that, you know, like you need a lot of those five mils to equal up. But in terms of like just backtracking a bit, so uh, when you shoot something, just say you shoot it broadside and you cut the carotid artery that leaves the heart or you open a ventricle of the heart or you, you, you shoot through the lungs, which are really vascular, um, you get that blood that's exiting through the one arrow wound or the two arrow wounds or the rifle hole. Like rifles bleed less because they don't hemorrhage as much, but a lot of that blood actually stays in the animal. And so like, you yeah, know, when I go to cut... it fills up the cavity inside. Exactly. Yeah. When I go to cut the heart out to eat it, you know, you're pulling out Coke, si Coke can-sized clumps of blood. Congealed thick, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, oh, I'm going to die here. you got to talk. I'm gonna oh, you're going to die out. with the coffee guts out. <laughs> That's what we aim for. We aim for that. <coughs> Except <coughs> he's dying. You got COVID. <laughs> You better not joke about that because you come back to Queensland in two days. <coughs> You're allergic to the dog. But we are, yeah, there's many a times I reckon I've shot, I had really bad run with pigs a while back, really bad, because I was using a razor sharp um, broadheads with, they were not single bevel, double bevel. So they'd go through the pig and because of the fighting pads or the thick skin and fat, the wounds would close up on the outside. Those pigs are dead, but they never leave me any blood trails at all to follow. But they were bleeding out internally. Oh, for but sure. They, they were great shots, but that's what you... And if you, yeah. Don't, yeah, you don't leave it. And there's a hole. big difference between... That's the same with those drug deal ones. Like, a proportion of them will die, but there's a big difference between claiming that trophy at the end of the day. You know, like, there's a lot of those gut shots that people do that die but you just don't find it or, you know, you find it. Most of them probably do. <coughs> yeah, they just bed up somewhere oh, sure. and that's it. They're done. If you've hit, so the liver can regenerate really well, um, you know, lungs and whatnot. But if you hit intestinal content, like if you open up their intestines yeah. or guts. Create infection. The, you will create an infection in there and they will die. Yeah. Which is so, not, not great. No. Oh, all. no. God, yeah. no. Like it's not good for um, eating quality. It's not good for like animal welfare in terms of yeah. like, you know, it's someone, especially if you're not getting full pass-throughs and someone finds an arrow in it with... I've heard know. stories of that on pigs, <clears throat> yeah, gut shot pigs with the arrows poking out both sides. Oh, for sure. And people have shot them and they're just, it's not, it's not great. Yeah. It's not great for the animal. Yeah. So, um... But, we don't, that's why you pick your shot. You try well, that's right, yeah. You just try and limit, like, you know, it's just, like, we're sitting here saying it, you know, Shit happens. Like, you but know, when you got a big trophy standing in front of you, it's within range. Oh, for sure. And, and it comes with the, Oh, that's why I don't shoot the. But not, another reason is with the compound is the discipline I don't have with the compound. Yeah. It's just like, I'll, I'll, you just got that thought that I'll punch that through there. Hmm. I'll punch that through. But oh, and even it just comes with the experience. Like, I. Um, you need to lose one to feel like absolute oh, I just, shit to stop you from doing it again. Hmm. Oh, you just know. Like, for me, I just know that that animal's going to suffer and it's not worth. 
the trophy at the end of the day. You know, like I, there's so many shots that I probably could have taken and, you know, I might have got, it just depends what type of person you want to be, I guess, at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and no one's going to know about it. Like no one, you know, no. you're not going to hear about the, the 10 animals that got away for the person to get five. Like, yeah. but yeah, it just depends ethically what, what type of person you want to be. The aim is to not have that happen. Yeah. 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 That's um, on another note with pushing animals too, like, um, which is we've sort of digressed away from your story. So let's go back to the story. You shot oh, that animal. Tar, tar, you cut yeah. all the animals. So just... I, I took the head, um, took the bloody, all the meat, um, walked. I was just saying, well, that's what we were talking about, the trekking poles. Walked. Um, so by the time I did, that, I did all that, it was um, quarter past two. And eight o'clock. Absolutely, oh, absolutely flew like down this mountain, ended up snapping both my trekking poles, like destroyed both my knees, just like tumbling down, um, got to the car, literally threw my bag in the car, um, drove to, um, well started driving cause it's a dirt road for the first bit. And I, what I would do was I'd drive for 20 minutes and then I'd sleep for three minutes <laughs> because I kept falling asleep and nearly crashing. Right. And so I was like, I need to get back there, but I can't afford to sleep. And so I'd drive for 20 minutes um, and then sleep for three. And I did that for a bit. And then eventually, after about two hours or so, I got to um, Heinz, I think it's called. And the bakery had just opened up. And I bought three Vs and three pies, right? <laughs> and so then the first thing I did was smashed a pie and sculled two Vs. And then ate the other pie and V as I drove. But as soon as I smashed the Vs, I was fine. And then I went all the way to the drop-off car rental place. I'd called a cab on the way there. I literally dropped them off and just said, charge me whatever you want for the cleaning. Like threw my shit out of the car, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, threw my bow case and everything that into the cab. And then the cab drove me to where the bus depot was right and i literally rocked up and i'm pulling my stuff out of the car and i've got like still got the head and everything like in the backpack in meat bags and shit <laughs> and um and the bus guy because it was only a small little you know like nine or ten seat of oh it was a coaster yeah coaster like bus. only a small little bus not like a big you yeah, know yeah, 40 yeah. 40 seater or whatever and he rocks up as i'm pulling the shit like my bow case and everything out of the yeah. car um, all I've done, like I've got camo pants on. Still, camo, you still smell like two days oh, worth of mountain hiking. Wet, yeah, wet tar, like <laughs> wet, wet tar, rutting, goat. like. Um, anyway, the bus drop, and all I, I just put a jumper over the top of my camo so I didn't look like it. Just total hobo. Yeah, and um, anyway, the bus driver. We got there at ten past eight, and the bus driver walks up to me and goes, "James," and I'm like, "Yes," and he's like, "You're lucky you booked this ticket online because we would have left by now." And I was like. <laughs> Anyway, so um, literally chucked the backpack and the bow case into the back of this bus. And I remember there was like the bus was just packed. <laughs> Did you right. have to sit next to someone? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and so I'm sitting next to this. Um, it was all just backpackers, you know, because... Oh, so they would have smelled as bad as you did. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, there was, a, yeah, there was a couple of gorgeous girls, but there was heaps of backpackers in this bus and they're just sitting there grilling. Like they're just asking me about all these hunting questions that I'm like... I literally haven't fucking slept for like a day and a bit. Like, you know, like I, yeah. I woke up yesterday morning at five so I could start hiking in the dark to try and get to this spot and, you know, climb this basin shit. Anyway. And, um, yeah, so they're just trying to talk to me. I literally had to just say to them, it's like, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> and then I slept the whole way. Five hours to Greymouth. No, I was four, four hours to Greymouth. Um, or four, yeah, four, four and a half, something like that. Um, 
and ended up just sleeping the whole way there. Like, so end up like driving back to Christchurch and whatnot and going hunting through that country and stuff for reds. Um, and didn't know anything. Like I didn't know what it was like. Like people yeah. would be like, Oh, what does it look like? Got no, dark. Got no clue, you know? <laughs> and, um, anyway, I ended up sleeping the whole way there and the bus driver woke me up when I got there. Oh, you were that out of it? Oh, just like so scattered. Like didn't wake up at all. Like I'm a pretty heavy sleeper, but, um, he ended up like tapping me on the shoulder and he dropped a couple of people off at Arthur's Pass and shit. Um, which I literally is like, Oh, do you want to get off and get some food? I'm like, I'm just going to keep sleeping. Like yeah, that was the yeah. only time I woke up like two hours in or whatever. He's like, do you need to go to the toilet? Do you want some food? I'm like, no, nah, went back to sleep. <laughs> um, and yeah, anyway, so we got to Greymouth and then. They must have all thought you were a Kiwi too. Oh, I don't know. I think a Kiwi do that. Do that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, those guys are legends over there. I wish I was half as good as them, but we, um. Just a bit like a state, like they walk around in their camo oh, and well, stuff like that. The first time cool. Nick and I and Aiden went there, this was two years ago, December. I um had put all my camo in my backpack to keep like lighting up the load for the flight over and stuff, and um it was freezing cold when we got there, and I and I was like, oh, you know, I feel a bit awkward wearing camo in Australia. Yeah. And anyway, like took the camo jacket out, and I'm like, well, it's all I got, and I'm cold, so like I'm gonna do it, and um. Anyway, like I look down the street and there's like two blokes fuel, like we're at a petrol station, you know, there's two other blokes there putting fuel in and there's like another bloke walking down the shop to go to the fish and chip shop putting, you know, in a camo jacket and I'm like, bros, <laughs> my family. Um, so yeah, no, that, like they've got it right over there, really, yeah. like in my opinion. In they terms. don't lose it. Oh yeah, that's, that's another topic. But yeah, you know, like they, the culture over there and support that they have and um, just how everything's set up, um, obviously they're going through a bit of strife at the moment with the the tar foundation and doc wanting and to another political crap to take guns away and mm. all that bull <laughs> dying again but um yeah they they definitely got it a bit more sorted than what we have here in australia and so you managed to smash a few other critters while you were there you got on yeah, some so chamois which is pretty well the week later item. yeah um the week later i had a friend um tell me a pretty good spot and walked up another creek and um yeah, he, um, Jordan said, he's like, if you go there, you'll definitely get an opportunity on a chamois and um, went there and I knew it was because I was only there on the weekend, like Saturday, Sunday. So drove after work down there and then slept in my car and then um, Saturday morning, the creek system sort of went up about nine Ks and then went into, like you couldn't get any further. Um, and so, yeah, walked walked in that morning and shot at some hares and stuff to eat and um, got up the back and didn't see a chamois all day. Um, saw a couple bit of red sign and whatnot as well. Um, and caught a couple of trout like in the stream and stuff. So I ate like a king when I was there. And then, um, I, the next, the next day I checked on the thing and I was meant to get about 15 mil of rain and I was like, okay, that's all good. And then it started raining and then I got the premium thing on inReach and I was like, oh, 100 mil of rain. No, it went to 65 mil of rain. Um, and I was like, I was like, okay, well, I'll push it. In that country, will blow the streams out. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, like just I was bring camping straight up a couple of feet. Yeah, so I was camping in the creek bottom, you know, like, and so I was like, I've got a couple of hours, like after it starts raining, and anyway, so I'm. Um, and you had to cross it. <clears throat> oh, I was constantly crossing, like constantly, like at the time. So when I so put it this way, from where I parked, where I first crossed, um, it was between like I'm six foot. It was between just over my knee deep. Yeah. Um, that, and, that was the first day. Like, yeah, once it gets to your weight, you can't. Yeah, it's too so that, hard. That was my first day. Yeah, and then I had to cross it when I left at 
about four in the Arvo um, the next day and it had been raining for about four or maybe a bit longer, maybe five hours by the time I got out. Um, and it was up to my belly button. Yeah. And then it starts. Yeah. And that was sketchy as. Like yeah. I was proper. Yeah. Worried. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I started with trekking poles. Um, I got went and bought a new trekking pole. Um, <laughs> Same ones? <or> the <clears throat> no, like crappy ones from the local hunting shop, but they well, haven't broken them yet. Um, end up starting using them in the thing and then they were like sweeping out from, I don't know, the correct technique. Like people well, are probably going to be... Well, from yeah. what I've seen on a few videos and what what we did, what Pat did was just one big good long... Yeah, length like, of, like inter- eight foot long yeah, piece of wood. Onto your side, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, anyway, so I ended up just getting rid of mine because I found that they'd sweep the, with the water and like I'd commit too much and then they'd sweep. And anyway, so um, I was just, mine was just one foot in front of the other real slow. Like don't take your foot off, like, you know, feel the rocks sort of going yeah. through. <clears throat> and, um, but that was definitely the sketchiest one. But I was also at that stage, like 30 minutes from my car and had everything in waterproof bags and everything. So I was like, you know, worst comes to worst if I get swept you know, I can just swim to the bank, yeah, you yeah. know, like it was only a 20 meter crossing sort of thing. So, um, I can like, I can just swim to the bank, um, get out and go straight to my car, which I'd put other, a change of clothes into already. So I knew I had warm clothes in there. Um, but yeah, so went, got to the next day and still hadn't seen any chamois or anything. Like I was like, righto. Um, and I went back to camp for lunch. Um, and I was like, I'm going to get the, like, I'm going to get the rod out and just go and um, try and catch a trout and I walked about a hundred meters from camp and which camp was probably about like six and a half or seven k's up the stream and um, yeah looked on this little grassy bench next to like the th- most thickest impenetrable rainforest jungly sh- cliff shit and um, here's this little well there was actually two nannies and two sort of three quarter grown kids and I was like what the like uh, they just look complete because they had their summer coats like they were yellow you know like they were orangey yellow oh, yeah, whereas yeah. like oh, I hadn't like some you weren't looking for that no nah, god no I was probably missed about 20 of them oh, actually I wouldn't have because they were bloody stood out like dog's balls but um <clears throat> anyway so there's yeah these nannies sitting there on this bench and I was like shit yeah and so I put the strapped the rod to me backpack and got me bow off me back and um yeah anyway stalked into um, they were just feeding sort of coring away along this bench and, um, I could use the, like drop down into another sort of Creek section, uh, section and use this big sort of driftwood log pile that swept down and got into like 20 meters and then just shot her coring away. And she ran, made it like 30 or 40 or probably 35 meters up into the scrub and like expired. And, um, yeah, then I, so I took all the meat off her too. And, um, it like started lightly raining by then. And then by the time I went took photos of her, um, butchered her, went back to camp, packed camp and then walked out. Like pretty much as soon, like by the time I, um, started leaving camp, like I only left camp, you know, like 10, 15 minutes before I found her. Yeah. So, um, cause I was just slowly fishing my way down as soon as, um, yeah, as soon as I left camp, it started raining. And so, yeah, like I, by the time I'd done that, packed up camp and then walked out, um, that's like, you know, the water yeah. risen a foot and a half like in a couple of hours but it was ha- like it, it thumped down yeah that um, knocks a few people off the, the rivers over there in the oh for sure there. like yeah. you know like yeah you, you get knocked over you bump your head you're done so oh or you get cold <clears> and then and that's the only reason why like I walked up and down that bank to find a good spot to try and find that spot and I couldn't like I ended up finding the best of the worst but like I'm like 
everything's in dry bags. Um, didn't you know have everything unclipped, so if it comes down to it, like you know, you got a lot of gear in your backpack, but fuck, you can't make that up yeah. when you're dead. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah, walked. You know, was doing it and um, didn't. You know, like I was pretty, yeah, structured, I guess, in how I, I went about it, but. Like it doesn't take much, you know, like that only a tiny bit more momentum and, and you're on your side and then you're paddling and, you know, yep. your bag gets wet and like, yeah, it doesn't take much. And you try much, to recover like, if, you try to, if you've ever tried to go in flood water, like swim in flood waters, which is pretty dumb, but I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're trying to recover after you've fallen over, that's the worst thing. Oh, you've for just sure. got to immediately try and go with it yeah. and work your way. Well, that's, you, I already thought that, like if I fall... I'll literally straight straight away go downstream because there's a lot of boulders and shit like where yeah. I was through. But water's freezing too, which makes you change oh, your mind. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like at the start, the day before when I walked in, I'm trudging through and getting all wet because it was like nice. But then as soon as that sun went down, it went freezing cold. But um, I lit a fire because it was all driftwood and shit there. So it wasn't too bad. But yeah, I also had to change your clothes in the car as soon as I got out. So it wasn't yeah. too bad either. But yeah, that was an awesome hunt too. <coughs> I am dying. Oh, well, that's an, yeah, well, uh, yeah so you, and so then, the plans now would be, well, we're supposed to go to New Zealand and we're talking, we're talking Stewart Island too. Hey? Yeah, well, that was that another was, plan. Like I, I wouldn't mind trying to crack in through the, um, the South Pacific 15. Yeah. Um, and try and work my way through that. There was a group that. of us, yeah, chatting about, <coughs> you're in that one, yeah? Yeah, I made it. Did you make it? I made it. Blame you for it then. Yeah, 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 that Um, that was cool. I was kind of getting excited about that. Like for sure. Yeah, you got that's obviously a balloted system, Um, and yeah, you try and like from what just you know spoke to Benny and Jordan and that, and try and get as much research or you know inside knowledge as we can about blocks and and places to um to hunt, but yeah. That's a ballot system. The Hunters Club made it look easy on that video. Yeah. Didn't they? <laughs> as soon as um as soon as we sort of went to do it, COVID started really picking up. Yeah. You know, because we yeah. started we only made that group when I was over there, which was sort of end of Feb March and um oh, you're screwed. But that was plans for so that's the future pipe works for Oh, for sure. Like I'll definitely get there. Probably um I don't know whether I'll do it next depending on COVID either next year year after, but um yeah, like my plans I definitely um I need to organise it with Aiden, but I'd love to go hunt a moose. Oh yeah, a bit of like a bit of coin, but a few trips <coughs> in the two trips in the ship there, or just go mm. find a uh, Canadian missus. <laughs> yeah, well, true, but nah. So we, I, I like um, ibex and and moose have been on the list for a long time. I was actually talking to Adam about it the other day, um, and obviously they're both quite. Well, the Kazakhstan mid Asian ibex or different <coughs> species or what's a, yeah. I wouldn't know. I don't know. All I know is what I hear. Yeah. Well, we're talking, um, yeah, talking about that Baz and Mix and Ben's trip look pretty unreal so I'd probably yeah, do that over some there epic country. it's still like yeah like organise that through Ben probably but it's still um, it's still a bit of money like a moose is a lot of money um, mm-hmm. <coughs> like a lot more compared and then to there's Ibex. more money once you've got it because it costs big dollars to get it home too especially when you get a decent one well, that's, that's the thing yeah so but um, yeah I'll probably if I can I've already started applying for tags and that too in the US getting preference points and stuff yep. um, <coughs> using Craig um, so I'll, that's been really good um, so just like the plan is to sort of try and get there every year probably yeah. um, you run out of time when you add all the stuff up that you want to do eh? like, well, that's the thing so I want to um, you know, do in September in America there's two weeks <coughs> gone oh, I'll probably New go Zealand's, there for a month and a half yeah, I New Zealand's gone like, like, but that's why I'm trying to do the 
work that I'm doing. Like I wanted to do high cash flow vet work so that yeah. I can take a shitload of time off hunting. I hope um, you don't get a bun in the oven at some random and no, then you have to start no. with children. <laughs> I was going to say something, but um, yeah, no. So no kids for a while. Probably not even a girlfriend for a while, to be honest. Um, I just enjoy my freedom too much. Um, Famous last words. Don't ever say that. You'll get jinxed. Oh, <laughs> mate, if she's cool, that's fine. She, she's in, as in cool if she accepts that yeah, I hunt yeah, a lot, yeah. you know. Um, just live it up. And she's not crazy. That's <laughs> a big one too. But um, yeah, you know, like I want to do shitloads of hunting in the next couple of years before yeah. that happens, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want all the family life and all that. But um, yeah, you know, like I want to definitely be going to the US. I want to be hunting the rut heaps. I want to do a couple of New Zealand trips and yeah. Yeah, we all... It's all good, but <coughs> well, you're in a position to do it. That's right. Like I said, no obligations before I... You make some good films and we can live vicariously through you. That's the plan, hopefully. And then hopefully, you know, like the best part would be if it was, fin- like, you know, if it was somehow financially viable through making media and stuff. Like, that's obviously everyone's dream. Yeah. Um, but then at least you've got an excuse, you know, you're not just bailing on your family it's to go. It's tax deductible when it's a business too. Hmm. <laughs> we'll see how we go, see how far we get. But Well, thanks for coming in for a chat, hmm. among other things that we've had. You can shake your hands because yeah. you've been in close quarters for the last uh, Coughing couple my guts of days. <laughs> Coughing at me, giving me the, giving me the rona. Yeah. But um, yeah, good luck with all that and uh, good luck getting back into Queensland. <laughs> yeah, it should be right. I've <laughs> been be right. checking all the COVID updates and so far and um, um, we'll probably chat we'll have to get you and Aiden on again one day when things pick up you get a few yeah, films sure. out and just, just to talk because I'm guarantee you've got shit on each other that we need to hear that's funny <laughs> there's going to be some Aiden will just rat stuff. on me no yeah. he's a saint he's a pretty good bloke I give him you have to set him up then yeah. <laughs> stitch him up no he um, no he's a lot better than me yeah he'll, so, he'll rant a- Aiden it. and James are only <clears> a couple of minutes apart as far as yeah uh, Seven. Birthdays go. That's the only thing I got, got on him. Favorite child because You're I older. say that. No, he's older. Oh, but that's he's the I youngest said. child. Yeah, <laughs> I say that he caused mum like eighteen hours of pain. I caused seven minutes. <laughs> so favorite child. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that'd be good if we can get both of us on. Yeah, we'll do that. Hmm. All right. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. We'll uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you the Twin Elements content. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Hunter Camp Down Under podcast. If you would like any information from today's show, please don't hesitate to contact us on huntingcampdownunder at gmail.com or simply hit us up on any of our social media outlets on Instagram or Facebook. Be sure to join us next week for another awesome episode and we look forward to sharing another story from Hunting Camp Down Under. Bye for now.